So hello everyone, and thank you for joining Every Moment is a Choice. My name is Erica Behel, and this is a podcast for people who are looking to understand their own unique courage. I talk with people who have inspired me with the choices they've made, both in their career and in their personal lives. And today I am thrilled to have Bakhtiar Talha, a friend and colleague who I've known for years. Hi, Bakhtiar. Hi, Erica. (laughs) So Bakhtiar has had a remarkable and I would say very international career. So like I said, we've known each other for years, probably 15 years or so. And we met when we were both working in the energy industry in Kuala Lumpur. Um, and Bakhtar has worked, I won't say the name of the company, but he's worked for a, a national oil company in Malaysia. Uh, he's worked for uh, energy advisory firms. And then he made a very interesting choice to make a turn towards nonprofit work. And he served as executive director of the Malaysian AIDS Council, where he directed Malaysia's national plan on HIV AIDS. Uh, While he's still involved with the AIDS Council as an honorary secretary and trustee, he's pivoted yet again into sustainability and first as COO of the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil. And for those of you who are not based in Southeast Asia, this is a big industry here. Palm oil is a very important industry in Southeast Asia and has a lot of impact on the environment too. And he's now founder and CEO of Jajawi Advisors, dedicated to helping Southeast Asian businesses resolve complex sustainability challenges. Wow. So I have always viewed your career as inspirational, um, and we'll get into that, but you are also just an amazing human, and we go back a long way. And I just have to tell a story from when we worked together. (laughs) Because it's one of my favorite stories of all time. So I had said that we worked together in KL and we were working in an office there, kind of a branch office of a, of a larger company. And uh, Bakhtar was like head of office and I was a manager there. And one day he came up to me or he emailed me or something. I can't remember how you reached out to me. And you were just, it looks like you were just like bursting with some information that you couldn't keep in. And you just said, I think I was sent something that I wasn't supposed to have seen. (laughs) We all have, you know, corporate world. Sometimes you get mistakenly CC'd on something, but this was a doozy. So, okay. This is safe to, this is a safe story to tell. This company no longer exists. This was like 15 years ago. Nobody's going to get in trouble. But somebody had sent Bakhtiar, by mistake, the salaries of everyone in the company from like the CEO down to the interns. (laughs) And he was just bursting with like, this having this information and wanting to like confide and say, oh my goodness, like I have this, the Holy Grail. (laughs) Did you call it that? (laughs) He had like the Holy Grail. And, and I was so trying to get information out of you. I was like, oh no, like what? So how much do I make? How much do my colleagues make? How much does the CEO make? And Bakhtar was like, I would, uh, no, I'm not going to do it. 
And I cannot believe like the strength you had and the willpower not um, to like use this to blackmail people. Like there are so many possible scenarios that could have occurred from this. It, it oh took my a lot goodness. of willpower. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can just imagine today if somebody like received like everyone's salary, like I just, what would people do with that information? You, you took the high road. <laughs> you really did. Well, some things um, are better left not known, right? <laughs> I know. I think you actually said that. You're like, you don't want to know. <laughs> It will just make you depressed. Oh, oh, okay. 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 I need to calm down. I need to calm down because we need to get into this. Okay. So I know you are a proud Malaysian um, and you have, you have several nicknames actually. So you go by Bakchar, you go by uh, BT, your initials. I've heard bat, um, you know, and I think you've, have you collected these nicknames from all of your international travels? Uh, I, I guess. I mean, my, my, my family calls me Char. So Char is T in Chinese. I don't know why. Well, I've always been a tea person, but I picked up a bad habit of loving coffee when I was in France. Um, bad is actually my, my, my real initials, really. It's because my full name is Bhaktia Fendi Taha. So there's an A in the middle. And I used to write BAT, like my school books and, and all that. And I think someone must have picked it up and sort of like, oh, whose book is it? It says bat. And then it, it kind of stuck. So, you know, among my schoolmates, you know, I'm known as bat. And then BT, I think, came a bit later, uh, I guess in the working world, just because I used to, you know, sign off my emails and whatnot, just BT, right? Um, so, Yeah. Um, because my name is not easy to pronounce, Bhaktiar. It's, it's, it's Persian by origin. Mm -hmm. uh, Bhaktiar Fendi means perfect choice. So, <laughs> lovely. Yeah. And um, yeah, so BBT came about a bit later. So, my, my name, you know, it's, it's hard to pronounce for a lot of people. Uh, you know, in, in the US, I, I get Bhaktiar <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, and, and the French sort of like, you know, um, tend to emphasize a bit on the, on the R's, right? So yeah, I go by BT now most of the time. Yeah, I like BT. I always thought that was a bit of a Malaysian thing too, because when I was living there, I think lots of people like the, like the two initials. Yeah. Uh, I remember lots of people like, yeah, it makes it, um, yeah, quite easy, but thank you for sharing that. And you mentioned France as well. Did you, did you study there? I did. I did. Yeah. So I did my master's there. So I, I did my undergraduate in, in the U.S. And mm -hmm. then I was supposed to go to medical school. So I was kind of like pre-med. Um, yeah. But that was one of the like best choices I made in life, really, to like not, not go to medical school. Because I think I would have been an awful doctor. Um, <laughs> you know, France was like more of an adventure thing. Um, yeah. I decided, hey, why not, right? And uh, I've always loved the French language. I picked it up in high school. And I said, you know, well, there's an opportunity. Why not just take like, you know, a few years off to, you know, go to graduate school. And I, I chose France. Well, first, because the fees were very low, so I could afford it. Yeah. But I lived really, really poorly as a student, though. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so that's how sort of like France started for me. Yeah. Nice. Lovely. 
So I have to say, I, I, I summarized a bit your career and I think one of the one of the reasons that I've always found you inspirational is that you have kind of navigated your career by making some purposeful choices. Um, and there are lots of people in the corporate world, especially in the energy industry, the money is usually quite good. You know, there's progression. There's there's always a there's always kind of more that you can aim for within that industry. Um, but you've taken risks. You know, going from energy industry kind of well paid to nonprofit work is a is a big thing. Um, what, who, or what inspires you to make some of those choices? Well, yeah, I've taken risks, taken huge pay cuts as well. Um, yeah, you're right. I think I mean I started my career really in the oil and gas. So you know, I worked for the Malaysian National Oil Company, so that was my first job. I did that for a couple of years. Um, and then when I moved back to France, um, you know, got that job at that company we both worked at. Um, so I did that for a couple of years as well. And I think, I think after some time, I just felt that there was, you know, like, I don't know, so I, I, I don't want to say something missing, but I just wanted a change, I think. And I think, you know, um, I'm the kind of person, I guess, who do a lot of sort of like self-reflection like, okay, am I still happy at this job? Am I still happy doing what I'm doing? And and also because I like to do stuff outside of work. So, you know, I think, you know, volunteer work. It started as a, you know, volunteer work um, yeah. at that time. And and then the, the chairman of the foundation, of the AIDS Foundation then, who was also a personal friend, she was like, hey, you know, we're, we are... You know, we're, we're, we're bracing ourselves to, to get this huge funding uh, from the Global Fund, uh, which is an international funding uh, mechanism for HIV and AIDS around the world and, you know, donors and all that. So and we're talking about millions of dollars. And it was yeah. to, to embark on this, you know, very exciting uh, program in Malaysia, needle exchange for drug users and, and all of that. So it had a lot of uh, stakeholder management component involved. And my job back then, I think you know what my job was back then, right? So it's fossil fuels and consultancy and clients and bottom lines. And it was just something new. And... I, I don't know. I, I guess I asked myself, you know, it's it's now or never, right? I want to make that, that that change, and and yeah, I, I I just took it. I just took it, and I think it's it's a combination of it was a, a feel that I knew I would enjoy, and it had purpose. So I think that was very important to me as well. And I also looked at it as as something that would actually, you know contribute to to my own self growth i think and, I, and that's really important but i took a huge pay cut mm. and, and and that was tough that was tough and i think uh and that was part of the self-reflection as well so how much money do i need you know yeah. um to live well right because i still had commitments financial commitments and all that and after you know i did that calculation i was like hey i, I think i can do this i can pull this off right so i did it so it was a mixture of sort of like this self-growth um and 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 passion that i wanted to pursue and also calculation as well you know you now we're trained as consultants right you, you still have to do that the you know a bit of calculated risk 
Yeah. 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 And maybe a bit of uh, serendipity as well, because they, they had that huge amount of funding coming in, needing some kind of someone to manage that professionally. And, and I think that, um, I, I don't know, I, I have often felt like, yeah, I, I can, I take calculated risks. I can analyze things, but sometimes the universe just kind of throws things at you as well. And I talk, I mean, this, this podcast is around understanding that every moment is a choice and, you know, you've described the fact that it was a lot of your self-growth and everything and just taking the time to be aware, even if you're in a comfortable job, you know, what else is out there? What, what is meaningful to you? And so I, I talk a lot about choices with my guests. I guess, what choices are you most proud of throughout your career? Wow. I guess the easier question would be which choices I'm least proud of, right? Okay, what do you regret? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, let's start with that. Let's start with the, you know, the, okay. the one that I'm least proud of. I think, uh, yeah. you know, when I was much younger, I think, uh, you know, I was, I, I did my undergraduate studies in the U.S. and I kind of left the U.S. after five years, you know, after I graduated. And, you know, maybe I could have like stopped, you know, uh, persevered and, and you know maybe even even if medical school wasn't a choice or you know wasn't the choice that I took I could have maybe you know done other things you know built built uh, a future there a career there but you know being young I thought yeah adventure and you know, living in a new country that 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 kind of thing but I don't know I mean um maybe it's not fair to say that it's the like least proud choice for me um choices i've been proud of um i think i've always been proud of the choices that that were the most difficult to me i think um i was working for the national company malaysia and you know after a few years i i thought hey you know this is not for me um i didn't know what what the future held uh i i knew that i always you know loved being in france i enjoyed my time there and i said hey you know maybe i could build something there but i you know i just kind of I left. I left with, you know, I, I left that national oil company with no job. I didn't know what I was going to do. I waited until the bonus came in and I said, hey, I could live on this. For... <laughs> the, the, the perks of, of working in the fossil fuels industry, right? Um, so, yeah, I, and I just went. I just went without a job and I was like, hey, you know, try it out. Maybe the the, the universe would, would somehow, you know, open doors or tell me like, you know, but at that time, I guess when I was younger, it was more like, well, what's the worst that could happen, right? If I don't find anything and if it doesn't work out, I can always just come back. Um, but I was very proud of, 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 of that choice um, because I think, I, again, like I said, I, I, I'm the kind of person who self-reflect a lot and sort of just knowing, well, I don't think I'm like that oil company kind of person. I mean, I could rise up through the ranks and, you know, do all of that. And I, you know, and I, I still, I respect those people who kind of just, you know, stuck mm -hmm. with it and really, you know, but I know that I'm not that person, right? I could never be that person. So uh, even early, early on, my younger days, I, you know, I, I made that choice and I, I think I, I was very proud of it. Um, <clears throat> just, just going, just leaving everything kind and, 
just 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 see i think that that sense of adventure right? and i i'm always scared that as i grow older i would lose that sense of adventure because <laughs> you know as you have more commitments and mm-hmm. um it's it's harder it's harder to do that but i did that recently as well i mean i was you know with the round table on sustainable palm oil very, very interesting five years that I spent there. I mean, it was, and I think it opened the, the, my mind to this whole world of sustainability. Um, uh-huh. uh, and, and palm oil is not an easy sector to, to be in, definitely. Yeah. Right? Um, but then to be able to, to be in that space and learn so much. And, 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 and when I left, I, I, I had a plan. I knew that Okay, I want to learn more about sustainability. I, this is really, I, you know, I turned 50 this year, Erica. So I'm wow. thinking. Congrats. Big year. Another 10 years, maybe, of, you know, reproductive, you know, working age, right? <laughs> and I said, so what am I going to do with the next 10 years, really? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that drove me to my next choice in a way, you know. So I, I did my master's in sustainable development. I wanted to learn mm-hmm. more than just, you know, sustainable palm oil, right? Um, and met a new set of people, learned a new set of things. And um, I guess one thing led to another. And then, you know, st- started this firm, Jajawi Advisors, where I said, hey, you know, I can, I can again, work in this, in this space. Uh that I thoroughly enjoy and believe in, um, you know, when, when, cause I think when I was at the RSPO, uh, working with, you know, the plantation companies, uh, looking at, you know, what, what happens on the ground, the, the complexities, the difficulties, and then also working with say the supply chain, um, companies as well. I mean, the manufacturers and all that, and and you know the, all the dilemmas that everyone faces. Um, but then finding solutions. I think that 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 really sort of like drove me. It was a very difficult job. At the same time, when you see solutions being implemented, I thought that was wow. This is something I want to be in, right? But I know I was always, I guess, more attracted to the environment. You know, environmental issues and being Malaysian, I think, you know, looking at all the, the terrible things we've done to our environment here. I mean, the, you know, tropical rainforest that we have and the, the, the few patches that we have left. Right? And, and then that kind of sort of like drove me to sort of like my next choice. We want to narrow down to what I want to do for the next 10 years or more, I hope. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, I told myself that would be it. That would be, you know, let's work on something that involves, you know, rainforest conservation, wildlife. Um, because I think that that I realized that was the thing that brought me the most joy in terms of, you know, doing. Right. Yeah. In whatever form. And I wasn't very clear what form would it take. I'm not a trained biologist. I'm not a wildlife management person. I'm not, you know, I'm none of that. Right. I was trained yep. in fossil fuels and consulting. And <laughs> but but you know what? The, those uh skills are still needed, right? So yeah, yeah. So I I I started making choices that kind of you know that I knew would pivot me to to in that direction. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. If that makes and, sense. It, I mean, it, it does make sense. I mean, making a choice to start your own business is huge yeah. in any case, right? That's being a founder is, is huge. And I wanted to ask you, is Jijawi an acronym or is that, what does that mean? No, J- Why J- did you choose that? Jijawi is the local, is the Malay name for uh, a tree, Ficus microcarpa. So it's uh-huh. the banyan tree. Okay. So yep. there, there are different types of banyan. So like there's the Indian banyan, there's the Malayan banyan. So of course I chose the Malayan banyan, so Ficus microcarpa. And why? Uh, well, I've always loved the tree. If, if you know the banyan tree is mm-hmm. the one where they have like this, the, the roots that grow from the, the trunks, right? And it, it actually goes down to the ground. So it has a very sort of unique uh, structure. Um, but also, so what I've learned when I was at uh, the RSPA was that in um, many projects of uh, reforestation in Southeast Asia, um, they would plant this tree, the Jijawi tree, because it sort of like stabilizes the soil. So it's a very hardy tree, it stabilizes the yeah. soil. It's one of those pioneer species that you would plant in a reforestation project. So I thought, hey, you know, I've always loved the tree. Um, it has a quite a, you know a strong role as well in, in the, this work that we do, right? When it comes to like you know forest management and all of that, so so hence the name Jijawi. Wow, I love that. That's so cool. And uh, wow, I I'm, I have so many more questions now. So so you are working, you're advising uh, other companies within Malaysia, within Southeast Asia. Um, are you actually doing reforestation stuff or like what, what types of projects are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. So this is like recent news as well. So like, like I said, I've, 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 I knew that I wanted to pivot myself and, and, and Jijawi towards that kind of, you know, that kind of work around forests, around conservation and, and wildlife. And um, um, so you know, I think uh, when 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 I started to ask myself and also the team in Jijawi, so w- what are we about? There are a lot of consultancies out there working on sustainability, a lot of them like around ESG and, you know, yeah. compliance and all that. So I think that's, you know, that, that, that's becoming more mainstream now, which is great. Um, but what what kind of like makes me, you know, when I get up in the morning and, and happy is really thinking about, you know, so can can we do more can we you know because like i said there's so few patches of 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 intact forest left in in malaysia for example in indonesia so i and when i spoke to the team about so what are we about really and i think because you know we're quite like-minded people as well um we said how do we make businesses fall in love with the rains wow it, it, it was just that 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 simple, yeah, that's what we want yeah. to do. We want to make them fall in love with the rainforest. Oh, that's so, oh, I love that. And it's, I mean, in a oh. way, you know, it's, it, it could silly, right? But, but, but it's really, that's what we're about. And, you know, so we choose our projects based on, on that, really. So how do we, you know, because ESG can be wide, right? So environmental, social, and governance. But, but you know, we are also a team of people who have a passion for nature, uh, especially for tropical rainforests, for biodiversity. And But how do you link 
you know, business operations, the bottom line to somehow, you know, can we then conserve the rainforest linked to that? And you know yeah. what? We can. We can. Yeah. So, you know. Um, so one one of the projects we're working on right now is in a in a state in Malaysia. So we've looked at, you know, different types of mechanisms around green finance. You know, and this is really an area I know very little about, Erica. So I had to like again reinvent <laughs> myself and read books and listen to, you know. Uh, it's really, I had to really learn all these new things, but it's so exciting. And I find that because it's also something that I, I love and that I could, I, I I know I can leave a mark in it. It 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 doesn't become work anymore, really. You know, because I could I could really dive into it and 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 really love it. And you know, I I think it wasn't something that I really found in my younger years, but I think as I grow older, you know, I guess you know yourself better as well, right? Um, yeah, and and it's it's. It's really a space that I enjoy being in, and I, I really hope I can, you know, sort of keep this feeling for for many, many years. Yeah, I love hearing about how it is possible within one's career to pivot, to kind of decide I want to explore something new, have a plan, go out and learn something about it, and then do it, and not being stuck because I think there's. There are some people who in their career, if you spend enough time in, in the energy industry or oil and gas, you kind of, you can feel like you're boxed in. You can feel like this is all I know. Um, how can I, how could I use these skills elsewhere? But there's always, like you said, there's always those skills that can transfer into some type of other. Everybody needs problem solving. Everybody needs people who can kind of come up with a solution and implement it. I mean, that's universal, right? That's right. That's right. And and even in this this project that I'm working on right now, because it does involve um, you know carbon credits from from forest management and and peatland and all that, right? So the biology side of things or the forest side of things, I'm not an expert in, but I also found that hey, you know who's who's actually you know looking into you know offsetting right oil companies. And you know what? Yeah. I speak their language and mm-hmm. I find there's an ease to it. So I have people in my, in my team who are the biologists, who are the you know carbon credit experts and whatnot. But, you know, where I come in, it's like, hey, actually, I can talk finance. I can talk about, you know, yeah. I know the operations in an oil and gas company. Right. So, again, I don't think any of the skills from, you know, my, my past lives are, you know, in vain or you know, cannot be used again. It it does. It comes up in it, it's just a different form. Um, and I yeah. love that. And I love that. Yeah. And you know, I and I do um cherish the experiences I've had in the past as well. Um never went to waste really. It it's it I think it's more sort of an accumulation and <laughs> But but you're right. It's the choices I make on how do I mold myself in a in a direction that I feel happier in, right? So yeah. that's always a choice. And you know what? It's it's not always easy, and it's also trial and error. <laughs> a lot of times, I'm like, oh, you know, I thought I was going to go in that direction, and I made that choice. But you know, I think I'm also the kind of person who's like, you know, well, mistakes you learn from mistakes um, makes you a better person. But um, pick myself up fast and, uh, you know, 
and and move on, right? It's it's yeah. just that moving on and and also just, you know having this running my own business kind of makes me more a bit more disciplined into from you know that that moving on bit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have the luxury of of, of <laughs> dwelling too much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, and I even love the choice. I mean, you mentioned that you did. So when I knew you, you were living right in the center of Kuala Lumpur, you know, that's where a lot of the corporate, uh, part of your work was based. And you said you've actually moved to Kwantan, which is a bit further out. Do you live, do you live on the beach, by the way? Is that a a rumor that is, oh my (laughs) goodness. Okay. So you've made a choice there as well. I love that. (laughs) And that was then that wasn't an easy choice. I mean, it was easy in a way. Well, you know, um, I I I knew I always wanted to live on the beach. Um, I, I spent the first seven years of my life actually living with my grandparents, who's from Trunganu in the East Coast State, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like what 150 meters from the beach. Yeah. Um, so I've always loved the beach. And when I left the RSBO, uh, it was also during, um, you know, the pandemic it was in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, Hey, you know, why not? Let, let, let's live full time on the beach. Cause you know, it was locked down everywhere as you know, right, Erica. Um, yeah. my friends thought it was crazy because Guantan is a very small town. It's, it's like 500,000 people. Uh, there's not much going on in terms of like economic activity or business opportunities and whatnot. But I don't know. I always had this faith that, well, you know, I think I can still find something. So thanks to technology and the internet, you know, virtual calls and all of that. So that, that I could still run a business from there. But at the same time, it's sort of like open doors for me to opportunities that I wouldn't have had for meaning, you know, working with the state government. Um, of Paham. So Kwantan is the capital of Paham. So they're there and, and they're the ones actually saying, hey, we're looking at actually, well, to, to borrow that word again, right? Pivoting away yes. from the traditional activities of mining and timber and logging to, you know, more green economy. So I was like, hey, I didn't know that you guys were looking into all of this. So then I, I found a spot for myself, a seat at the table, so to speak, and then kind of yeah. like just slotted myself in there. And, and I think one thing led to another. And I think just having that that passion, would you just have to have a bit of blind faith, mm-hmm. a bit of maybe stupidity as well to kind of like, <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you can't really calculate those things too much, right? But But I think, the passion and the love for something does eventually, you know, at least for me, that lead me to opportunities for myself as well. Um, so I, I'm glad. I think that was a, a really good choice for me. And even some of my friends now who thought, oh, you'd be bored to death in, in living mm-hmm. on the beach because, you know, you're 50 and, you know, you're not like retirement age, right? But I said, yeah. well, you know, you never know. But but it does, I think the choices I make also sort of force me to uh, be a bit more vulnerable because, you know, sort of, like, like you said, when you're in a company or in a sector for many years, you've gone up, right? Gone up the ladder. You already have that reputation and the credibility yeah. and all that. But when I, you know, I had to start from zero. So I had to go in with a bit more, you know, a lot more humility and, yeah. you know, 
acknowledging that I I don't know much, but at the same time, kind of like, hey, I'm here and I'm ready to work, kind of thing yeah. on on these things that I I have a passion. So yeah. Wow. I, I'm just thinking about this, you know, doing something you love with your own company, living exactly where you want to on the beach. I mean, it sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good. You have to come visit me, Erica. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely and bring coming. the kids. Gonna... They would love this. Yes. I'm going to bring the kids. I'm going to bring the kids. <laughs> oh yeah. I miss Malaysia. And like what you're, a lot of the stuff you're talking about, I remember from having lived there, um, for a few years, several years ago, over 10 years ago, I left Malaysia. And I remember one of the big issues that was always talked about a lot locally was that kind of brain drain. Um, and that a lot of young Malaysians were obviously they're going to study in the UK and then they go work over there or Singapore was a destination or Australia, you know, and there's a lot of Malaysians just kind of like saying, there's not so many opportunities here. Uh, and maybe I want to go somewhere else, but you're kind of, you've kind of gone out and then you've come back and now giving back to, you know, Malaysia itself. I mean, what would, what would you say to young, what would you say to kind of young Malaysians go out and come back or <laughs> go explore? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, well, look, I, I also think that it's it's good for young Malaysians to live outside of Malaysia and to experience that, you know, to, yeah. to get that opportunity, experience a different kind of lifestyle, way of thinking and all that, because I did that and it really benefited me a lot. Um but there's also, and, and you know, I, I found that out, like you know, there are opportunities, a lot of opportunities in Malaysia. The road is not always easy, though. Yeah. Very different way of working and thinking and, you know, interacting. But, hey, I mean, you know, I learned, you know, I learned how to deal with, you know, the, the, the civil service and, you know, the government mm-hmm. sector and, and, and all of that. Um, and for me, it's like, you know, I was fine. It's, it's a fun, actually. You know, it's it's fun. You, you know, learn new skills, right? It's a very different world, you know, working in, in the oil and gas industry where everyone's just so professional and, and, and skillful. And, and that's like pretty much an SOP for everything. Yeah. Then, you know, and then when I jumped to palm oil sector, it was like, oh gosh, it was like night and day. It was like, very different you know industry altogether and and now i'm doing you know working on carbon credits and green bonds and all of that so again it's a d- different skill set needed but for me it's that 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 journey that you know that i'm having fun with um so to young malaysians really just just keep that open mind um you know there are opportunities i mean it's 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 a developing country with a lot of challenges but I don't think I would have had the same opportunities in these areas if I had just said, you know, just stayed in France, for example, and you know, have that comfortable life. Of course, you know, Paris, beautiful city and all that. But, you know, but I wouldn't have like, you know, my next project is um, tiger breeding for mm. um you know, um, you know, a tiger project that we have in, in Malaysia. So there's about wow. a fewer than a hundred left in the wild. So we got mm-hmm. to do something about it. Never in a million years I thought I'd be working on something like this, right? So 
I'm floored. I'm like speechless. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> but but then but again, I, I guess yeah, just that just having that 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 curiosity and 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 this, yep. you know wanting to try new things. And, uh, yeah. and I'm, I'm very grateful, very thankful to to Malaysia, really, for, you know, giving me these opportunities as well. Yeah. I think you really hit the nail on the head there um, with curiosity, you know, thinking I could pivot, I can learn something new if I'm passionate about it. Because then, of course, if you're passionate and you're curious, you come across as very authentic. And so people will want to work with you, right, on that. Wow, that's... I love it. It's so fascinating. Um, so is there any particular, we talked about, you know, for, for young Malaysians to go out, see, see places outside um, as well to kind of round themselves out. Is there any other specific advice you would give to people, especially if they're feeling kind of stuck in their career or um, any little kind of tips or tools that you would recommend for them? Ah, that's 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 a tough one. Tips are because I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know if there's any one sort of advice or one you know one size fits all kind of solution for everyone. Yeah, I, I know that for me because you know different stages in my life. Like I said, maybe when I was younger, I took you know a lot of risks and very high risks. And as as I grow older, it becomes of course a bit more calculated, a bit more I guess refined. <laughs> But it's also because I guess I know myself better, right? I know what what makes me, you know, get up in the morning and be, hey, you know, let's let's do this, let's tackle this. Um, I think um, for younger Malaysians, for young Malaysians, I say explore as much as you can. I mean, yes, I mean having a good job with a good pace is important. You know, everyone has those commitments. but don't limit yourself to just one space. I think I, I think that was probably one of the best decisions I made when I was younger. Kind of like, you know, get involved, right? In yeah. whatever you think, you know, you'd be happy in. I mean, the, the job is a job, but, you know, you also have the weekends and the evenings where you can do other things as well. And that's what I did, you know, volunteer work, just, you know, just helping out with, with just, you know, things, sometimes just helping out friends in their businesses. So that kind of allowed me also to, to, to learn about things. And these people still continue to inspire me. The ones that I met from like 30 years ago, who, you know, I had friends who left, you know, oil and gas and just started an outdoor activity kind of business. And now he's still yeah. at it. And, you know, now they have like seven branches right all around Malaysia. Wow. Okay. So, you know, you, I found inspiration in, I guess, the most unassuming and, you know, the unlikely, like, like, likeliest places and people. Um, but then I had, you know, you have to put yourself out there. I think, and that's what yeah. I did. Um, but also I'm the kind of person, I think you know me, Erica, right? I mean, I, I was very dedicated to my job, but at the same time, I, I know I needed to have other things outside of work to make me happy. Um, so that would be my advice really. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you don't just do it in your twenties, but also when you're in your (laughs) fifties, you still do other things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. So, okay. Last question. Um, and I haven't, I, I haven't mentioned this to you, but what would you, what would you like your legacy to be? What would you like people to remember you for? 
our legacy. This is a tough one. Um, oh. I think honest, just that I lived my life the way I wanted to be. Um, oh. When I think about, you know, Again, I guess going back to sustainability and the environment and forest conservation, all that. I I thought, at least in the last couple of years, I thought, hey, that would be my legacy, like that last leg of my career, right? This last 10 years. And I thought, if anything, I I want it to be that. But I guess, you know, my career spanned more than, you know, that, right? Spends, I guess, three decades. Uh, or will be three decades. Um, yeah, I think but having done different things, but just being honest and true to my passion and 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 my loves, really. Um, yeah. Different areas, you know. I mean, I I love the energy industry as well. I learned a lot. I think I owe it a lot. You know, I think we're privileged to be in that industry where you know the a lot of resources and you know you could really grow and train yourself and, and upgrade yourself and all of that but at the same time i think you know being true to myself in terms of chasing the other parts right uh, mm-hmm. public health social work and now sustainability conservation yeah um and you know if if you know when i when i talked to my daughter i i said you know just you know know what you want and what makes you happy and 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 go for it and things will fall in place don't worry too much about the money and the recognition and all of that it's you know it's it's i think that i would like that to be my legacy just being true to yourself yeah it's a lovely legacy (laughs) it's a lovely one thank you so much and you know, I'll, I'll include links. I would like people to be able to reach out to you. You're on LinkedIn. Um, and Jajawi Advisors will include a link to that too. How can people, is how is it best to contact you? Are you guys on LinkedIn? Are you guys have your own website? Yeah, so we have a website, jajawi-advisors.com. And we also on LinkedIn. So I think if you just search for Jajawi, you, you'll get to our page, yeah. Perfect, because I know more people will want to work with you once they've heard more of your story as well. (laughs) Great. So I just want to conclude here. You know, in every moment, we have a choice. And I hope you enjoyed our discussion today. Thanks so much to my friend Bakhtiar for sharing your story today. And it's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Erica, for having me. Perfect. Perfect.